This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mikado and Manning. I'm James Manning and uh, joining me as he does every week, Media Week contributor, TV historian, and he's got a black armband on today, Andrew Mikado. Welcome. Yes, it was a massive week for TV history. That is for sure, James. We're going to be talking a little bit about the um, final week of Neighbours, the final evening, the final episode. But we've also got a, um, a few other things. I've finished off a series that I thought could possibly be the best TV show of the year. Has wow. the final episode changed my mind? I'll get to that. And that there's some amazing shows that are either dropping this week or are about to drop, and we'll uh, recap a couple of those too. But let's start in Erinsborough, Andrew. Um how do you feel? I know you've been pretty sad. I th- I'm concentrating. I think it's a real celebration of the television industry, what these people have achieved over the years, but there's also a bit of sadness too, yes? Yeah, look, I think it's really, really hard for soaps in general when they come to an end because soap operas are different to regular TV shows. You watch a regular TV show one hour a week, they only might make 13 episodes a a year. But, you know, when you think of a soap opera where you're watching something five nights a week for years and years on end, these people become like family to you, you know. And, you know, so fans of Neighbours feel this very, very keenly. This has been a a rude routine in their lives for 37 years and now it's all finished. But I agree with you. It was such a magnificent celebration of all things Neighbours and I thought they got that finale so right. I would call it the greatest finale in Australian TV history now. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I've never pretended I've watched much of Neighbours over the years. I've appreciated what they've done. I've certainly during my years in the um, magazine business, we um, we wrote a lot about neighbours. I was lucky enough to go to the home of Kylie Minogue and um, had a cup of tea made by her mum as I sat in her bedroom interviewing her for um, smash hits when she put out her first single. Um, so I've certainly kept abreast of it. But, I, gee, I thought they did a good job. I, I sat through those final episodes and um, there was so much going on, but it was done with such... Style. It never seemed forced or rushed. It had a nice pacing to it. I thought that the last 90-minute episode, the final episode, was so very, very clever because they realised that fans of the show and some of those people wouldn't have seen the show for a long, long time. But if you're a fan of the show, you were watching it back in the era when Jason Donovan referred to the Four Musketeers, which, of course, were Charlene and Scott and Mike and Jane. And Jane, as played by Annie Jones, has been back as a regular character in Neighbours for the last couple of years now. And to have brought Guy Pearce back, I mean, he put up his hand. He he admitted in an interview that it was always his plan that he would have gone back. But he brought so much of himself. It was such an incredibly classy move of his because that major storyline that ran through the final 90 minutes of Mike coming back to Erinsborough so that he could tell Jane that he still loved her after all these years. Like what a sensational ending. And also to make him the father 
of Lassiter's personal assistant, Sammy, as played by Henrietta Graham, who has Down syndrome and a stutter, and the show has worked her in there. And to make Guy Pearce her on-screen dad and include her in some of these legendary moments, it says so much about Guy Pearce. It says so much about where Neighbours had finished up. I just thought it was beautiful. There's that great scene where um, Guy Pearce and Annie Jones, uh, he tells her to hop on the motorbike and he'll go for a drive and tell her a bit about his life. Um, yeah. They drive out of um, uh, the cul-de-sac as Scott and Charlene are coming in in a mini, which I thought was a great yeah. a great little scene. They, they hop out. Um, Scott can't find anybody in the houses. Um, they go upstairs. Kylie looks at an open window. Now, was there a famous scene where she climbed out of a bedroom window once? Well, no, the famous scene is her entrance into the show. She was, Charlene was trying to break into that house through right. that window because right, yeah. nobody was home. And Jason <laughs> Donovan comes along. They think it's a boy because her hat's all under her. Yeah. He, she punches him, knocks him to the ground, the hat comes off, and then Madge comes around the corner and goes, Charlene. And, of course, that's the reference point to it. But, you know, if you would have noticed in that uh, Mini that they were driving, which was a new modern Mini Minor, that's how Kylie left the show. Charlene drove out of Ramsey Street in an old green Mini when she moved to Queensland, and that little key ring holder with Coffs Harbour that was hanging on the revision mirror, that was a reference to the fact that Charlene and uh, her mother had been living in Coffs Harbour before they came to Melbourne. And, I mean, there were Easter eggs like that scattered all throughout the shows. Sometimes I only found out about those Easter eggs because someone had noticed one and put it on social media. I literally, there were so many things happening at the same time. time. I missed some of that, but there were Easter eggs galore for the fans. Few little things I want to ask you that um, Natalie Bassingthwaite was looking. There was that big book she was given, that history of neighbours. Is yep. there anything about that? Was it, did they really yeah. put together a book that's like that? No, or? that book's been in the show for a long time. Okay. That uh, history of Ramsey Street book is a book that Harold's Bishop started. I think he did it uh, just before he left the show, and he sort of said. I, he made Toady the custodian of that book and said, I've been keeping this book. I want you to keep it now and keep doing the history. So they wove that back into the show. And, of course, brilliantly, um, Toady dropped the uh, original album into a esky full of ice and got it all wet, <laughs> which then gave them the idea that maybe the Ramsey Street history should go online as a Facebook group. And that led to that, the scene in it last night, I screamed out loud, James, when suddenly there was Beth, as played by Natalie Imbruglia, sitting on a park bench in London, looking at that Facebook page and sitting behind her was Flick 
played by Holly Valance. I mean, I kind of had heard that they were coming into the show, but I had no idea that they would be in the show together. And they just did a huge interview with Angela Bishop on Studio 10. And apparently it was their idea to do that. They asked if they could do the scene together there in London. And the other thing, uh, courtesy of Angela Bishop on Studio 10, is that Guy Pearce uh, told her that Nobody was more excited about him coming back to Neighbours than Kate Winslet. She was a fan of Neighbours back in the day. Mike was her pinup. It was on her bedroom wall. And so when Mike finally did tell Jane about his life and mentioned his ex-wife Rose, that was an Easter egg because that was the name of Kate Winslet's character in Titanic. And that's a little inside joke for her. So wow, wow, wow. Yeah, great. So, yeah, so Natalie Imbruglia and Holly Valance, they filmed that in the UK, that bit. They didn't come back, right? No, they didn't. And the other great thing that fans loved was that uh, Beth's son, uh, uh, as played by Ned, uh, Ben Hall, has, has been in Neighbours for several years and there was a gr- that great moment when uh, Toadie's wedding reception was looking at all the videos and there was Natalie Imbruglia and she said something about Ned and you saw him smile. So we finally had that moment between the two actors w- that we'd never seen before. So they were literally ticking every single box. I think uh, Natalie still performs uh, in the UK. I know she's at some of the summer festivals this year. So she's still quite highly thought of as a, as a music act over then. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They talked about her new album and she said that she wants to come back to Australia, but COVID has her running behind schedule. She's looking at doing it soon. Sure. Was Christian Schmidt in the... In no, the- because Christian Schmidt died in oh, Neighbours. Was there um, a reference to him in the... There, but there, oh. I saw him in one of the flashback scenes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a lovely moment. They did have uh, several actors that had died in the show. They were there uh, in the last scene. There Had was sort Andrew, of ghosts like in the... Yeah, playing Madge. There was Terence Donovan who yeah. played Doug Willis. There was that sensational Eve Morey who played Sonia, uh, who's been working on the show as a director and intimacy coordinator ever since. Okay. Um, and the other one was uh, Rob Mills who played Bad Boy Finn. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought Dan McPherson was good. It was good seeing him. Um, yeah, great. He looked to be really enjoying it too. You could just tell he, he thought this was a lot of fun. Well, when you, we originally saw him, uh, Toby came into his house and there was a parcel on his kitchen table and he took the lid off and there were all these clues in there and the last thing was a half-eaten piece of pizza and he immediately just went, come on, Joel, I know you're out there. And Daniel McPherson came running into the lounge and jumped onto Toady and wrapped his legs around him in a big bear hug. And, and I thought that was a moment of real pure joy between those two boys that clearly like each other in real life and well done to Daniel McPherson for being another one of those superstars to come back. Yeah, um, and I love that, that little scene where that that balloon escaped from the, I think it was the re- wedding reception, wasn't it? And it floated up, had a big heart on the side of it, and it was a, it was very symbolic because that that last episode was really a love story, wasn't it? it was so Pretty many much. people came together, and it was just a, a celebration of of their lives. 
and the balloon floating up in the sky and then bursting into confetti. Yeah. That has been in the opening credits of Neighbours. So as soon as that balloon sort of started going into the sky, I thought, wow, they're doing the opening credits. I didn't realise the confetti was going to come out of it. It was fantastic. And you mentioned in your Media Week column that final scene of, I guess, the cast and the crew. Um, yeah. But you sort of wished it was lingered a little bit more and you got a bit bit of a close-up of some of them because it was really hard to pick people out, wasn't it? Well, one of the great things is that when, you know, all of the cast members were there, I saw Kate Kendall and Scott Major, both actors who have been directing. In fact, Scott Major was directing that last episode and they were there too. Um, I also saw executive producer Jason Herbison serving food from one of those food carts. <laughs> but, yeah, that aerial shot of all of the cast and crew. And, you know, this is so, so important. When you work on a show like that, uh, everyone in that crew is your family. And the fact that Neighbours honoured their crew behind the scenes in that last shot and said, thank you for loving us, we love you. Like, well, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Peter O'Brien too, should mention him. He was um, he was great, wasn't he? He, had, he? he was really enjoying his time too, I think. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Shane O'Brien came back and ended up buying Lassiter's. He was in it all week. He uh, was sniffing around Izzy, or rather she was sniffing around him because uh, he's got lots of money now. And, you know, Natalie Bassingthwaite and Shane O'Brien were so, so good in this last week. And, yeah, Izzy brought the bad girl back in such a huge way. Um, some some people were like saying, is the last episode going to be Susan Kennedy killing Izzy? This seems like it's the only way she's going to get her out of her life. But uh, the, the scriptwriters were never going to do something as awful as that at the, in the ending. You also said in your Media Week column it was, you know, it was 10 has a, I don't know, a bit of a duty almost, I guess, to, to come up with a, with a, a good replacement, you know, something that will continue the tradition of Australian drama that the network has sort of supported for a long time. Um, that we yet to sort of know what that was. One of the, th in the short term, something that will be happening is is part of the team coming back together with Jason Herbison's going to executive produce a um, a show called Riptide. Yeah, be a short run. But Peter O'Brien's going to be in that. Uh, some other, I think Ali Fowler was also in Neighbours once, wasn't she? Is that right? She was. She was yeah. indeed. Yep, she, she's also in that. So it, um, it, it, it could be interesting to see where that goes. And I thought it was very interesting that um, Beverly McGarvey from 10 said, oh, look, you know, don't count it out that it's never coming back. You know, we're here at 10, we're always going to think, very fondly of it and maybe there's a way. I mean, let's face it, Neighbours is never going to come back as a five nights a week serial and be on every night of the week. But you must, if you're running a network or a streaming service, you must be looking at the fact that it was the number one show on TV last night. Who knows what the UK ratings are going to be. The outpouring of love from the fans has been extraordinary. And that one word brand recognition of Neighbours in a world of more TV shows than ever before, and in a world where we reboot everything, it seems inconceivable to me that at some point someone isn't going to say, let's reboot Neighbours, and it'll be some shorter form series. Uh, but, yeah, it's at some point 
uh, some of those characters and some of those situations will be back because y- you just can't buy that sort of loyalty in TV with a brand-new TV show. Yeah, you've, I mean, just to end, end on this bit on Neighbours, you have to think maybe some sort of either a spin-off, one event thing or some, as you said, short-run series, Paramount Plus could be a place to go. I mean, yeah. the parent company is very keen to to use its free-to-air brands to help build this streaming service. That could be a nice crossover, some special events on Paramount Plus, which is also just launched in the UK in the last few weeks. Yeah. If you look at uh, what's happening with Days of Our Lives in America, and Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service over there, they're now making a show called Beyond Salem where they're taking characters from Days of Our Lives and sending them all around the world on adventures. They've done two. Uh, It's already won, uh, I think, a couple of daytime Emmys. So that's the sort of place I see Neighbours going. I mean, if you think about it, um, I always uh, remember talking to... Uh, Jock Blair, who worked on The Sullivans. And, you know, The Sullivans was that World War II drama with Lorraine Bailey and Paul Cronin as Grace and Dave Sullivan. And, and Jock said to me, you know, we made a terrible mistake when we made The Sullivans because we killed characters off. You know, Lorraine Bailey famously quit the show, but rather than just having her missing in action, they killed her in the bomb blitz and sent her body home and buried it. And, of course, what then happened uh, was that while we were uh, making the Sullivans and killing everybody else off, the Americans started doing these reunion movies where they could bring the Brady Bunch or the Waltons back and do a Christmas movie or a Thanksgiving movie or a wedding movie. And so that's where I think there's possibility for neighbours that we could do special-themed telling movies or special events with some of the characters, maybe in Ramsey Street, maybe travelling around the world. There's a lot of potential for spin-off there, uh, no two ways about it. Yeah. And, look, um, I think you've had some good acknowledgement recently too from uh, some of the Neighbours team for your support over the years. So, you know, congratulations on that too, Andrew. Thank you. Well, I mean, I would I would never have been a person that would have been supporting that show if I didn't think it was top-notch TV. And, and for the last couple of years, Neighbours has been delivering. It went out on a high. I think everybody who worked on that show over the last few years should be really, really proud of what they did. And I am honoured uh, to have uh, written about the show in this Uh, month's edition of the Women's Weekly and to have talked about it all around the place because I think it's been a great thing uh, for Australian TV. Yeah. And even I think you were on the BBC recently too, weren't you, on their breakfast show on a a fair bit of... uh... I've had a couple of firsts because of this. I was on the BBC breakfast show for the first time and and I've written for the Women's Weekly. So, yeah, two two massive things uh, that if if you're ever writing for magazines, you you want to write for Australia's biggest magazine as per the Women's Weekly. So I've been there and done that now. Yeah. No, well done. Well done. Speaking of people doing great work and um, very strong casts, under the banner of heaven. We spent a bit of time talking about this. I think it was just last week, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. uh, I watched the first episode, you know, and and loved so much Andrew Garfield and Sam Worthington, who was kind of there in the background, but I could see that he was going to be a very important character moving forward. And, of course, I haven't had time to watch any more of it, but you have. 
Yeah, look, I've I've watched it all, and wow, you know, yeah, Sam Worthington does does his character um, take over and um, become a very significant part of this. It was um, so, just uh, something amazing. I've watched them all now, and um, yeah, wow, this. I, I thought, you know, after the couple of um, a couple of episodes, this could be a contender for series of the year. I think it wow. still is. That last episode, it takes you on a bit of a journey, though, so um, it's it's well worth watching. But be prepared, you know, it's um, it's it's pretty amazing. The um, and you think uh, Andrew Garfield's going to have to be given some sort of awards? It's wow. just you know. Uh, what he and his family go through, it's it's quite stunning. So look, stick with it, everybody. It's um, and strap yourselves in. But it, it's a significant um, piece of work. I, I I talked about um, Denise Goff too the, last week as um, as someone to watch. Um, she plays Diana Lafferty. Um, she's married to Sam Worthington's character. I said she yeah. didn't have a lot. To do in that first episode, something you know, Sam Worthington wasn't really you know up front and center either. But she was, she certainly comes into it, and what a performance she um, drops in the um, subsequent episode. So, wow. so watch out for that. Um, one person too, I, I never really mentioned amongst all the the cast last week was um, somebody playing Matilda Lafferty. It's Chloe Perrier. Yes, and um, don't know much about her. She's um, most recently been one of the feature cast in an Audible podcast drama series called Impact Winter. Right. One of her more significant screen roles, she played, if you remember back to The Queen's Gambit. I do. That um, series about a chess champion that we, we both enjoyed very much on Netflix. She played Alice Harmon, the the troubled mother of the chess champion, Beth. Oh, oh, oh. So I don't yes, remember. Mother. We saw her in some flashback scenes that were quite troubling, actually. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Driving, she was driving in a car. Beth was beside her. Um, yes. I won't go into the detail because you, if you haven't watched. Um, yeah, disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, now. It's just come back to me. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So, look, if yes. you haven't watched um, Queen's Gambit, you've got to go and check that out and look out for Chloe Perrier in that and um, also watch out for In Banner of Heaven. She's, wow, she's so good in it. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, look, Under the Banner of Heaven, stay with it. It's, it's certainly up there as one of the best of the year. I'm... Uh, look, there's a lot to come, so I don't want to get too carried away. So there's a few things cropping up I'll get to it before this episode finishes that could challenge it, I think, because there's some amazing stuff coming. Something I have overlooked, I've managed to overlook it for, you know, those shows that would just escape us for some reason over yeah. the years. Um, Breaking Bad was one for me. I've, and we've talked <laughs> about this. I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. Look, not yeah. because I wanted to avoid it, but just... Never had time, but things never fell into the right place. Well, I've never seen better things. It's a show on, it's on Disney Plus here. It's, they've been 80 episodes now. Um, it's about a mother looking after, I think, young girls. They live in um, LA. Look, I don't know a lot about it, but the thing that attracts me to it is Pamela Adlon. 
who I think had one of the best roles in Californication. She played oh, the on-again, on off-again wife of David Duchovny's agent, Charlie. Um, she was just brilliant in that. So, look, I, I want to get into better things. I will report back on it. But that's I just came across it because there's a new season. Is Season five is just launching, and I thought, gee whiz, I wonder how this has escaped me. So I'm looking forward to that. Wow, how interesting. I can see that it was uh, uh, created by Pamela Adlin and Louis C.K. Um, who, and, of course, Louis C.K. has been in a bit of trouble over the years for uh, some lewd acts that have yeah. sort of seen him get a bit cancelled. So, uh, yeah, I don't assume he's in the show anymore. But, yeah, you're right. They've been doing a series uh, pretty much every year and since 2016. Yeah. Yeah, so look, I'm, I definitely want to get into that. It sounds, um, I just, she had, she was just possibly the best character in Californication, one of my um, really favourite series. David Duchovny played a sort of a writer, you know, who was um, a real handful. You know, he was a, he was a, yeah. a real, real, really troubled bloke, but terribly funny. His character was just so out there. It was just fantastic. Um, something coming up is the control room. It's just screened in the UK. I think it's going to be on BBC first. I know BBC Studios have picked it up for Australia. I presume they will put it on um, BBC first over there. Had some great reviews in the UK, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Yep. Murder in Provence is uh, coming to, it's a Britbox original. Uh, first season is just available now. Look, it's it's not an it's a fairly straight, I think, um, sort of British. I call it a British period mystery, even though it's set in uh, France. Yep. Um, Nancy Carroll, who was in uh, Father Brown, Roger Allen, who was uh, been in Endeavour for a decade, that British crime drama. He plays uh, DCI Fred Thursday in that, and also Patricia Hodge, who's been around for quite a while. Great uh, character actor. Um, she played um, Jeremy Thorpe's wife um, in A Very English Scandal. Yeah, right. Was, yes, yes, yes. Go back as far as Rumpole of the Bailey. She oh, was wow. um, She was one of the sort of um, solicitors in the chambers in um, that. So, look, she's she's done some great work. And I'm, I'm real, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hanging out for that one. And something else that's... Just dropped this week and I haven't caught up with it yet. Candy with Jessica Beale and as Andrew, you tell me Justin Timberlake also has a recurring role in this. So look, this sounds yes, nobody knew. Nobody knew, James, that JT was going to be in it. He, of course, is Jessica Beale's real life husband. Um, and he didn't get paid for it. It's a, he that's the true definition of a cameo. When you appear in a show and don't get paid for it. So you may not necessarily get listed then on IMDB as being in the show. Yeah, I think it's I think it's weird, isn't it? Maybe in the US they're very they're very careful about you know if you're not paid or on the you know officially a part of a show you don't get um, a credit. So he's not listed, I don't think, in in the credits. Um, so far as I've been able to find out for Candy. So that's look that's up now. It's on Disney Plus. I think it's five episodes. I've got to get into that. And look, this week I'll leave you with one other thing that for me could be the show of the year. I don't know a lot about it, but Keely Hawes, Matthew uh, McFadden, or McFadden oh, yeah. 
um, in a three-part series, Stonehouse, about the British MP who sort of, um, what he sort of structured his own disappearance. I think, did he leave a pile of clothes on a beach and then um, disappeared and he's believed to have, like, dropped out to Australia or something. They never, they never really worked out what happened to him. But, of course, um, Keeley and Matthew, who's better known for his role in um, Succession, yep. um, are real-life husband and wife, which I never knew. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, we've been loving Keeley Hawes in so many things recently. Oh. Yeah, that sounds like something to watch. Yeah, look, that'll be, look, I'm not sure. It's it's still a way off from screening in the UK. I'm not yep. sure when it's coming, but they're starting to drip out some of the publicity. I've seen a shot of um, Keely and Matthew together. So, look, that yeah, that just promises to be wonderful. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yep. Look, in reboot news, uh, there's a new version of Quantum Leap has been confirmed. James, you might remember this show from, oh, would we say the late, uh, 80s. It okay. starred Dean Stockwar- Stockwell and Scott Bakula. And it was basically a time travel show. You know, Scott Bakula kept going through time and landing in all these situations with Dean Stockwell as his tour guide. It's a real cult hit. So they're definitely making a new series of that. And the show I'm looking forward to watching when I get back home and get in front of my Netflix set-top box on Foxtel <laughs> is uh, Neil Patrick Harris's new show, Uncoupled, which uh, drops today. Uh, he plays a gay man who finds himself uh, single and having to navigate the dating scene and having to deal with apps and taking dick pics and all these things he's <laughs> never had to do before as a gay man. So uh, I reckon that's going to be pretty funny. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, 89, a Quantum Leap launched. Yeah, um, right. 97 episodes. So it had a certainly had a good run. I think, was it on Channel 7 back in the day? I said channel 10. 10. Yeah, it might have been 10. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, good stuff, Andrew. Look, thank you. Look, again, congratulations on your um, support of Neighbours over the year, over the journey. Well done. And um, we'll be back here the same time next week. Yes, we will. Have a great week, everyone.